Good evening. We'd like to get started. Our first song before the scripture reading would be 242, 242. And it's hard to sit and sing the song. If you don't mind, and if it's convenient, if you would, please stand. 242. 240. And remain standing for the scripture reading. Soldiers of Christ, arise and put your armor on. Strong in the strength which God supplies. Strong in the strength which God supplies through his beloved Son. Strong in the Lord's Scripture reading is taken uh, from Acts chapter 4, 11 and 12. He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is a salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven has been given among men by which we must be saved. Seat, uh, main seat. Before our prayer, we'll sing number 458, 458. Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from the river side which flowed be of sin the double cure. Cleanse me from its guilt and power, not the labor of my hands can fulfill the law's demands. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. 
naked come to thee for dress, helpless look to thee for grace. While I do the fountain fly, wash me, Savior, or I die. Pray with me, please. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this day and thankful that we can gather here tonight to worship in your name. Lord, thankful for Brother Tom and ask you please be with him tonight as he brings us a message uh, from your word. Lord, we pray that we always follow your word, apply it to our lives, live in a way that you'd have us live, Lord. And we ask for your forgiveness when we fall short. Lord, I just want to pray for our congregation and uh, many who are sick, who are unable to be with us. Lord, you know each and every need. I ask that you please put your healing hand on, on those who need you. Lord, comfort those who are hurting. Lord, we want to remember the Olinger family, uh, especially at this time, they're, they're at their time of loss. Lord, we pray for our nation. We pray for those who serve our nation in many different ways. Lord, we pray for the leaders who make decisions. Lord, just uh, we pray for just citizens everywhere that we always uh, follow your word, Lord. And, uh, Lord, we just know that we, if we just love one another as we've commanded to do, so many problems would, would be taken care of. Lord, I want to pray for our youth and the many temptations that they face day in, day out. Lord, just pray that you be with them and as they uh, form a relationship with you. And Lord, sometimes they are stuck in situations where they have to choose between what's popular and what's right. And when they are put in those temptations, Lord, those type of circumstances, we pray that they always choose to, to make the right choice and do what's right and, and follow you because a relationship with you and home and heaven with you someday is so much more important than uh, being popular or being popular for, for the moment. Lord, we ask you please be with us for the remainder of our service. Help us to focus our hearts and minds on giving you the glory and honor that you deserve. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, name we pray. Amen. If you'd like to mark the invitation song, it'd be 564, 564. And then before our sermon, we'll sing number 27. To God be the glory, 27. <clears throat> To God be the glory, great things he had done. So loved he the world that he gave us his Son, who yielded his life and atonement for sin, and opened the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he had done. O oh, perfect redemption, the purchase of blood, to every believer the promise of God. 
the vilest offenders who truly obey that moment they enter the heavenly way praise the lord praise the lord let the earth hear his voice praise the lord let the people rejoice Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he had done. Great things he had taught us, great things he had done, and great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son. But purer and higher and greater will be our wonder, our transport when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he had done. Thank you, John. Appreciate all of you being here tonight. Good to see you. I, and uh, I just appreciate you choosing to be here tonight. I've always felt like our Sunday night group is probably the strongest core group we have. I want to invite you, if you have your songbook in front of you, turn to number 389. We'll be talking about the story behind the song. And the story that we're doing tonight is Take the Name of Jesus With You. I appreciate the feedback I've received on this lesson series. Every now and then I do a story behind the song. And uh, people really enjoy because they've sung the hymn all of their life. It never really been t told the story who created it, why it was created, the circumstances around the creation of the song. And so uh, I hope that you will enjoy the lesson tonight where we study for just a little while the song, Take the Name of Jesus With You. There'll be a spiritual application to this too. The two people you see pictured in front of you uh, is actually the author, Lydia Baxter. She was born September 2, 1809 and uh, died January 23rd, 1874. A man a little bit younger than her, William Howard Doan, actually worked with several uh, songwriters um, in various religious circles and was a, a pretty prolific composer of tunes. He composed the, the actual melody to this, to this song uh, that Miss Baxter created. She was both a poet and a songwriter the song, Take the Name of Jesus With You, is the only one that we still are using in, in church circles today and singing the one we'll be singing tonight. I wanted to point out, if you have your hymn book open, number 389, you'll see Miss Leah Baxter credited with writing it and William H. Doan. Another thing that I always try to look at when I'm looking at a particular uh, song is the text, Revelation 1, 17 through 18, which sort of sets the framework for why the song is written and gives us a clue uh, to learn more about uh, what was in the, the name of the, uh, in the mind of the writer. So let's turn to Revelation 1. Here we see John, who's been commissioned with writing what he sees in various visions while he's exiled on the Isle of Patmos. 
These are things that he can't really describe well, things that are heavenly, uh, visions, uh, things that are too wonderful to describe. And so what we see in Revelation 1, beginning in um, verse 12, he sees a, a voice that's speaking to him, and he's uh, quite overwhelmed, like in verse 14, for example, the person speaking has hairs on his head that were white, like wool. His eyes were like a flame of fire. Boy, that would get my attention. How about you? <laughs> I'm like, oh, you don't see that every day. Uh, then it goes on to say that his feet were like burnished bronze, so they were glowing, uh, refined in a furnace. His voice was like the roar of many waters. So by this time, he, um, I guess he's a little bit overwhelmed. Uh, in his right hand, he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun, shining in full strength. Wow, I would, I would be overwhelmed. What happened? He says in verse 17, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, fear not. Now, this is interesting. This is how Jesus describes himself. I am the first and the last. Now, we in the church know what that means, right? The... Alpha, Omega. Okay, good. So those are names attributed to Jesus, Alpha and Omega. The living one, I died. We know that's true because he was crucified. Uh, and behold, I am alive forevermore. I have the keys of death and Hades. A key in the book of Revelation is significant of uh, authority. I have the authority over death. I control death who is cast into that eternal lake of fire, basically in the Hadean realm. Uh, and so what he's saying is, I'm the Alpha and Omega. Uh, I am the living one. I'm eternally alive and will reign forever. I died and behold, I'm alive forevermore. I have the keys of death and Hades, I have all authority. So those are just some interesting descriptions of Jesus and the name of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about Miss Baxter if you'll bear with me, I've got kind of a scratchy throat, so I'll be drinking a little bit while I talk. Miss Baxter, she was a zealous worker. Uh, she worked for the Lord. She and her sister, when she was quite young, they were actually credited for helping establish um, a Baptist congregation in Petersburg, New York. So not only was she uh, very active in the Lord's Church, she actually helped establish a Lord's Church. Um, despite being confined to a wheelchair... In bedridden most of her life, she was both a poet and a writer of Christian songs. So I want you to stop in a, for, for a moment and visualize this young woman who is uh, having a lot of health problems, maybe in and out of a wheelchair at, at a younger age, in a wheelchair all the time at an older age. Uh, but what I appreciate about her was her irrepressible spirit and her zeal for the Lord. She was actually quite an encourager, and I'll tell you why. When she got married, uh, she moved to New York City, so she and her husband had a home that was always open to um, evangelists and ministers and Christians. And so if we go to the next slide, you'll see here it says that uh, they felt, according to these witnesses who visited her, uh, Miss Baxter, they said, I went away uh, probably more encouraged and I was going to encourage her, you know, because of her health problems. But she had, have you ever been on visits like that? <laughs> I know Glenn has talked about going to assisted living or independent living and people in their upper years 
who are quite frail, uh, he says, often I'll come away feeling more encouraged and uplifted by the spirit of that person. So I want you to envision uh, Miss Baxter is having that that effervescent spirit, that encouragement of the Lord. And, and she sees the value of these young evangelists and preachers and teachers and workers. And so when they went away, they went away filled with her encouragement and her spirit. You know, God bless you. You're doing a wonderful job. Keep up the good work and, and all those kinds of things that we like to hear as we, as we work for the Lord. So uh, she had great wisdom and they would come and, and talk to her about things and she'd share opinion. But one thing all of the people that knew her well said that was unique about her. I thought this was interesting. She had a fascination with names, biblical names. So, for example, um, she uh, would research the meaning of the names and found it interesting that the name given to the person in the Bible, uh, you could kind of see that played out in their life. So I want to stop for a minute and... You don't have to answer this out loud, but is there anybody in the Bible that you can think of that their name is significant, that their name meant something when it was given to them? So I'll give you a minute to think about that. All right. While you're thinking, um, I'm going to read a portion from, this is Kenneth Osbeck's book. Really interesting. There's two, two books on this. There's 101 More Hymn Stories and 101 Hymn. And so he does a really good job. I, I refer to him quite a bit. I'm going to turn to 265 and give you an example of the question I just asked you. Names that are significant in the Bible that really had a meaning. All right? Miss Baxter was also an avid student of the Bible and loved to discuss the significance of scriptural names with her friends. You recall, she often said, that was kind of a clue that she was going to go into a name lesson. <laughs> you recall that when Esau was born, Jacob had hold of Esau's heel as if he were trying to pull his twin brother back so he could be born first. that true? Everybody go like this. Yep, that's biblical. Consequently, he was named Jacob, which means supplanter. Isaac means laughter, for when Abraham and Sarah learned that at their advanced age, they were to become parents. Now, remember, Sarah didn't want to quite admit that she laughed. No, I didn't, she said to the Lord. Yes, you did. But he's coming. Next time I come back, you're going to know that the son of promise is coming. And so later, they laughed about Isaac, their young son. They laughed out loud, thinking it was impossible as well as incredible. As for the names of the twelve Sons of Jacob, after whom most of the 12 tribes of Israel took their names, they were named for the strange events surrounding their birth, as well as the rivalries which existed between the wives of husband, father, Jacob. Mrs. Baxter would often inform her friends that the Samuel means, y'all know the answer? Asked of God. You remember Hannah? She was weeping and her lips were moving. What did she want? She wanted a son, desperately. The priest thought she was drunk, but he blessed her and sent her home. And sure enough, she had a son that she had asked of God. Hannah means grace. Sarah, princess. Naomi, pleasantness. But the name that meant everything to Miss Lydia Baxter was the name of Jesus. Whenever she was questioned about her cheery disposition, despite 
her physical difficulties, she would reply. I want you to listen carefully. I thought this was quite uh, revealing. I have a very special armor. I have the name of Jesus. Now remember, she was confined to a wheelchair and in bed quite often. But she said, that's my armor, Jesus. Jesus is my armor. When the tempter tries to make me blue or despondent, I mention the name of Jesus, and he can't get it through me because I have Jesus. The name Jesus means Savior. And it comes from the same Hebrew root from which the name of Joshua and Joash come. So she loved biblical names. Therefore, she wrote the song, Take the Name of Jesus with You. So I want to talk about um, this idea of taking the name of Jesus because it meant so much to her, and it should mean a great deal to us. So we can see in this first verse, she's probably referring to herself as the child of sorrow and woe, right? We're going to sing it in just a minute, this first stanza. So when you sing child of sorrow and woe, you might want to think about Miss Baxter due to her physical ailments, yet she called Jesus' name a special armor. Maybe somebody tonight needs special provision or protection from Jesus. Maybe you're facing some kind of temptation or sadness or you're distraught. May I suggest to you humbly that Ms. Baxter is onto something, that we take the name of Jesus with us throughout the day and call upon him and draw power from him because we all go through times of deep sorrow. We go through times of depression, sadness. Maybe we feel abandoned, neglected. Whatever you're feeling, if you're sad, think of the name of Jesus. If you're happy, think of the name of Jesus and by all means take it with you. So let's sing 389. I've actually got it up on the screen. And so we're going to sing stanza one and the chorus. So you can either use a book or you can sing this right here. <clears throat> Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and comfort give you. Take it then where you go, precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven, precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven. I really appreciate her song and it helps me appreciate that she put so much value in the name of Jesus. But I want you tonight, as we continue learning about her song and the stanzas she wrote, turn to Acts chapter 4, one of my favorite interactions with apostles early in their ministry with the religious leaders of the time. And so in Acts 4, verse 10, you may recall that uh, these apostles had actually been imprisoned um, and threatened. And so they're told, basically, that uh, we don't want you preaching in the name of Jesus anymore. But yet the apostles, with great strength and conviction and with great courage, continued to preach in the name of Jesus. Thus recorded in Acts 4.10, we see the apostles who say, Let it be known 
to all of you and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God has raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. It is in the name of Jesus they're basically saying, this man is healed. Can you deny the power of God? The name of Jesus is what we use to heal him. Verse 11, this Jesus, while we're on the subject, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders which had become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among which by among men by which we must be saved. So let me just stop and state this. It's obvious, but we need to be reminded. Our mission, church, is to go into a world of lost people. Many of them are good people, but they're not going to go to heaven if the Lord returns. What can we do? We can take the name of Jesus with us and say, let me tell you the greatest love story in the world about a king who died for me, who shed his blood, knowing that all men would separate themselves from God because of sin, yet he paid the death penalty. He died for you and me. And I'd like to tell you more about how he changed my life. Oh, the name of Jesus, how precious, how precious it is. Take it with you everywhere. Holding on tight to Jesus and claiming power through his name will enable to overcome temptations and obstacles we all encounter. Think about this. When we come together as a church family, do we not pray through the name of Jesus? It's no one else. We bless others in whose name? The name of Jesus. We call upon his name to save us and purify us. We even confess his name when we stand before others and become a Christian. We make the good confession. Finally, we come together and we worship his name as we sing together. So I want you to think about difficulties and trials and temptations. And when you take the name of Jesus with you, when you arm yourself with Jesus and his mindset and you follow his example, then you're preparing yourself for battle. And church, trust me, in the future, we are going to encounter more spiritual warfare than you have ever seen. We are in the last days and we're at war. Please take the name of Jesus with you everywhere and do not be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. He's your Savior and your Lord. Let's read, uh, let's sing stanza two. Take the name of Jesus ever as a shield from every snare. If temptations round you gather, Breathe that holy name in prayer, precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven, precious name, oh how sweet, and glory of heaven. All right. So let's continue on into stanza three, and we'll talk about this idea. Stanza three says, Oh, the precious name of Jesus, how it thrills our souls with joy. 
when his loving arms receive us and his songs our tongues employ. I want to stress to you this idea that the thing that keeps us going, the things that keep me going is when I visualize struggles on this earth um, and I think about righteous people in an in a ungodly world sometimes. There's good people around, but we have to be reminded there are fellow Christians out there. There are people who want to do God's will, but so often we encounter those who don't believe in God, who don't want to follow God and do what they prefer to do. And so um, we should be joyful we should be happy. We should be expectant about the heaven that we're going to, that eternal home, and realize that we are just sojourners and we're strangers on this earth. We should be so excited. Listen, church, we should be so excited that people say, what's up with you? Why are you happy? Aren't you worried? Well, yeah, I'm worried about financial stuff on this earth like anybody else. But you see, I have an eternal home that will never tarnish that will never fade, that will never, ever go away. Even if I were to die prematurely, let's say that I die tomorrow in a traffic accident, suddenly, the people who come to my funeral, they might be sad, but you know what they'd say? Ah, he's in a better place. He knows where he's going. He's excited about his home, and I live expecting to be with my Father in heaven. And it's Jesus who will greet me and throw his arms around me and say, Welcome, my child. Oh, the precious name of Jesus. How it thrills our souls with joy. But you want to know the truth? I think there's a lot of Christians who are ashamed to mention the name of Jesus. There's a lot of people that say, Well, I can't talk about that at work. They'll call me the Jesus freak or the Bible thumper. I don't want to be that person. Yes, you do. You want to be that Jesus radical, right? You want to be that person that everybody goes, oh, here comes that Jesus man again. Be a loving example of Jesus. Be Jesus with skin on so people can see the joy that he gives your soul. Because you envision his loving arms being wrapped around you. And you sing songs about Jesus because you're happy. Precious name, oh, how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven. Precious name, oh, how sweet. So let's read, uh, read stanza three, and then we'll bring our lesson to a close tonight. I have a couple of more verses I wanted to share. But uh, are you joyful? Are you bringing the name of Jesus with you? Are you relying upon it as a shelter, a shield against sin and temptation? Are you bringing it with you to cause joy in your heart? And so be honest as you answer these questions. I don't know your mind. I don't know your heart, but you do. Are you excited, and can you sing this with conviction? So let's sing stanza three. Oh, the precious name of Jesus, how it thrills our souls with joy when his loving arms receive us and his songs our tongues employ. Precious name, oh, how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven, precious name, oh how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven. As I was reading about Miss Lydia Baxter and her being confined to a bed or a wheelchair quite often, mostly in her later years, 
I thought about a sister in Christ that was a member of this congregation. I'd go visit her, and she had a lot of physical problems, a lot. She didn't complain much. But I looked to her one day, and I said, you know, sister, I'm, I'm excited because one day in heaven, I'm going to see a young girl running across heaven, leaping like a little deer and joyful and singing and praising God. And you know who that little person's going to be? It's going to be you. You will be freed from this body that's racked with pain and the difficulty and the trouble that you experience because God has promised us that. If we take the name of Jesus with us and we're excited and we're happy and joyful and anticipating our eternal home, that pleases our Father in heaven. Don't be ashamed of the name of Jesus. We have faith to know that we'll one day share in his glory. Praise the name of Jesus. He's actually adopting us as children of the Father. Jesus is my brother. I want you to listen for just a moment to Philippians 2.8 about the Jesus that you serve, the Jesus that died for you. Listen to how God exalted the Son, Jesus, because of his humility, because of his contrite and obedient spirit. Philippians 2.8. Paul says to the church at Philippi, he, that is Jesus, humbled himself by the becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Church, I'm going to tell you something. When you use the name Jesus, you have evoked the greatest power in the universe. And when you go out in the name of Jesus and when you call on people to obey in the name of Jesus. This is power that is beyond this earth as we know it. Verse 10, I want you to envision on the day of judgment, there'll be a lot of agnostics and atheists and people that have never confessed Christ, but you know what they're going to do on that day? They stand before the Lord. They will say the name Jesus. They will say it so that the name of Jesus... Every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God, the Father. There will be absolutely no atheist in heaven, in hell. Let me restate that. There will be absolutely no atheist in hell. Why? Because before they're cast into that eternal fire, they will have confessed the name of Jesus. I want to close tonight with just a simple thought, and that is this. You can invest your life in the name of Jesus, and you can live like Jesus and tell others about Jesus. And then when you get to heaven, the Lord welcomes you for your obedience and your submission. Or like the rest of the world, they can deny that he exists. They can say it's a fable, a fairy tale, and they will be forced to get on their knees and confess his name, but then, and only then, will it be too late. Are you a Christian who's ashamed of the name of Jesus? Are you taking it with you everywhere you go? I want to challenge you to be bold in the name of Jesus. Rejoice in the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. The invitation's yours tonight, and we invite you to reflect on this lesson and think about your influence as you take the name of Jesus with you. Hope you've enjoyed the lesson tonight. Let's stand and sing together.
sins are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Calvary, Calvary. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Cast your care on Jesus today. Leave your worry and fear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Calvary, Calvary. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Troubled soul, the Savior can see every heartache and tear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Calvary, Calvary. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. I was uh, asked to announce that uh, this evening there'll be a youth devo at the Farrells. Um, the boys are to bring drinks, girls bring dessert, and the bus will leave right after service. Um, if there's anyone that needs to take the Lord's Supper, it'll be served straight back. You can make your way back there. And the song before our closing prayer will be number 716. Uh, men's breakfast on Saturday, and there is a sign-up sheet for that also. And the sign-up sheet for the youth and senior supper as well. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good, he's so good to me. I love him so, I love him so. Let us pray. Eternal God of the Heavenly Father, hallowed be thy great and glorious name. We come before thee, Father, at this time, asking that you would forgive us of our sins and shortcomings. We're thankful for your word. We're thankful, Heavenly Father, for Jesus who gave his life and shed his blood. 
and he willingly came to this earth and lived among men, and he knew all, uh, he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would <clears throat> be with those who are sick. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would, uh, would be with them and, uh, as they uh, are trying to heal themselves and uh, be with the doctors and nurses that, uh, that attend to them. We pray, Heavenly Father, for those who have uh, had surgery and they're doing better. We, we're thankful for that. And Father, we pray that you would help us to always look to you for the strength and the courage that we need in, in days ahead. Our Father, we're, we pray that you would continue to, to watch over us and bless us. And Father, help us to always look to you and to your word for the, the strength and the courage that we need. Uh, we're thankful for that word because it gives us uh, direction in life. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.